Welcome to Beers with Nigel. It's a podcast about beer and other things. Yeah, not stuff. Not stuff. Other things. things. We go back and forth as to... Uh, we forget our own brand. We're really good at this. Yeah, as you can tell. <laughs> Tonight we got an episode with some brewers in the house. We got Courtney Service from uh, Service Brewing in Shawnee, Kansas. We got Bree Burrows from Big Rip in North Kansas City. And we've got Chris Myers from Crane Brewing in Raytown, Missouri. Guys, thank you for coming on. We appreciate it. Uh, we're going to talk about some weird things tonight, some cool things, some odd things probably. We're going to drink some beer. What else are we going to do? All Nick? those things are going to happen. Oh, and that's Nick Parker, the co-host, who's you know here to... What is well, your role this I don't, week? I don't know. What's your role this week? I don't week? know what my role is. Okay. That, well, I talk, I drink beer. We'll, we'll, <laughs> that's his role. It's perfect. So we're going to jump right into it. So let's start with an easy uh, softball question, and we'll start with uh, you, Chris. How did you get into craft beer? What's your what's your what's your what's your story? Oh man, um, I I think it was just that getting in initially into to craft beer. Um, I want to give credit to like Boulevard and probably their Smokestack series. I think it, my older brother brought some of those by. Nice. And first time I ever had anything over like eight percent. And just very different. And we immediately started going out and, you know, doing build, mix six packs, mix case, and just trying everything we could. So definitely my, first, you know, love of brewing and beer first started with just getting into craft beer. So were you ever a home brewer? Yep. Yep. Did that for about a year and a half before we started the brewery. Gotcha. So uh, Crane's been open for how long? Almost five years. And who, who was the madman that decided, hey, let's open a brewery? It was <laughs> a good mix. Um, I was looking at opening a brewery actually in downtown Lee Summit. And then my partner, Michael, was just, you know, we had talked for a while that he wanted to be involved because he liked brewing the same styles that I was interested in. And one time going to him, actually kind of showing him the space that I looked at in downtown Lee Summit, he came up and said, you know, with the business I own, it's about to go out of business and I've got a 17,000 square foot building. What do you think about, you know, I, I'm looking at doing this too. And so him and then our partner, Jason, kind of falling into place. A lot of things had to had to happen. Interesting. Where well, were you? Where were you looking at downtown Lee Summit? I'm curious. About oh yeah, that. where the Llewellyn's building is. Really? Yeah, that was the first building I put an offer on. That would make a great brewery, though. It's great space. What they've done with the patio. Um, I'm a Lee Summit. You know, I was born in KC, raised in different areas of the metro, but uh, graduated from Lee Summit West. So, it's it's funny that of of the KC area, downtown Lee Summit, like per capita, has more crane beer usually. You know, <laughs> in this area. What was the thing that like flipped the trigger that says, I'm going to go from home brewer to I'm actually going to try to make money at it. I think it was uh, visiting other breweries. I give um, Cinderblock. I happened to go up there one night. A friend invited me to go up there and it was night that Bryce was still giving tours like on Wednesday nights during the week and realizing that the scale doesn't have to be Boulevard. You know, it doesn't have to be something massive. And now you see brewery sizes everywhere right. in between. Um, realizing, you know, I can take something I enjoy doing. Um, that's not, my background, I came from veterinary medicine, but I can take something I enjoy doing, you know, kind of build in that community aspect, just invite people in and, uh, you know, if we can make money at it, even better. Right. Hey, Bree, you're next. How'd you get into brewing and beer and what, what was your entrance into the, into the world of beer? Well, it started with, I think it was a Thanksgiving probably 10 years ago. Um, 
my brothers and I and my dad, we all got a bunch of ciders because we all just drank ciders at the time. Right. Uh, we all got a bunch of ciders and shared them on Thanksgiving. And then after doing that for about a year at every family gathering, we were like, we ran out of ciders. <laughs> <laughs> we slowly started, uh, everyone would bring their own mixed six pack to every family gathering. Right. Uh, which is why every single Burroughs drinks beer. <laughs> no, your family's awesome. <laughs> um, and then uh, after a couple years of just sharing beers, my brother started brewing at home. Uh, he, he did the hard part and did the extract first. And then he let us know that it sucked. <laughs> um, and then my dad started brewing. And then shortly after that, uh, they both kind of helped me get into it. My dad bought me my first like uh, mash ton and hot liquor tank for Christmas one year. What a great dad! Um, and it was all downhill from there. They all they taught me how to brew, and I think I just kind of got into it quicker and a little more than they did. Right. Well, yeah, what was that moment when you're like, I'm better than my brothers? I mean, because like, come on, sibling rivalry, that's the best part, right? <laughs> well, the first, the very first beer I made was a strawberry Saison, and I brought it to Nano. And so me, my brother, and my dad, to all together, we had like nine beers. And they were pissed because my was, mine was the first keg to blow. <laughs> <laughs> that's a and great so moment then, for you. Yeah, so then every fest, I was just like, well, I'm just going to keep making beer and make it blow before them. And right. so it's kind of like nice. a challenge. <laughs> so how'd you end up at, at Big Rip? And tell us uh, that So I, the first time I went to Big Rip was to a mashers meeting. So the Missouri Mashers, one of the homebrew clubs right. in the Northland. Um, and I met Jeremy Warford there. He was um, just bartending there at the time. And he was moving up to assistant brewer there and needed a bartender to take his Sunday shift. So mm -hmm. I took his Sunday shift, started working there. Uh, whenever he left um, Big Rip and started bartending at Double Shift, I kind of snuck my way onto the brew floor <laughs> at Big Rip and uh, just kind of worked my ass off on the brew floor and eventually worked my way up to head brewer. That's awesome. How long have you been head brewer? I've been head brewer officially since the beginning of 2019 and partial owner since the beginning of this year. Cool. Awesome. Courtney, you're up. How'd you, how'd you, what's your beer journey like? Um, it's really not like super exciting. Um, I it was is to us. <laughs> Hold on now. To us that drink the beer, it is. <laughs> Yeah, so I graduated college and I got my first job and I moved to this really small town. Um, I didn't know anybody. I didn't have anything to do. And uh, so I decided to get a part-time job at a, a Walgreens. And there I met um, Angelo Reese, who is my mentor, good friend of mine. He was actually my boss. And he was like, you need to come hang out at this meeting. And I'm like, I'm it, you're really lame. You have nothing better to do. You need to come. And I'm like, what is this meeting? And he's like, it's at a church. We drink beer. Um, Even better. So I, I really thought it was odd, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but I went with them and I 
couldn't figure it out. There were just like 70 people sitting in these church pews, most of them men drinking beer and talking about beer and learning about beer. And all I wanted to do was just get drunk. Um, <laughs> but that sort of like, it, it kind of became a, a hobby. You know, I'd hang out with him and he'd be brewing and he'd bring me beer to try. And I think the first beer that he brought me that I like really liked was like Sam Adams cherry wheat. And I was like, Oh, I, I want to make this. Right. And that was like the first beer that I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And so anyway, yeah, we, I started brewing with him and of course he was doing, you know, all grain. He, he was, he'd been brewing for close to a decade, I think at that point. And pretty soon I, I got tired of waiting on him. It, it felt like I could only brew when I was with him or when he was, you know, free. And right. so I started kind of buying equipment and I remember this one day he decided to bike from Lawrence to Ottawa to just randomly come and see me. And he walked in the front door and he looked over in the corner. I had just bought like a big brew kettle and he was like, that's better than my brew kettle. And, like, yep. <laughs> and then I just never like we brew together now, but like from that point forward, like I wanted to be self-sufficient and be able to do it on my own. And I just slowly kept, you know, buying more equipment and better equipment and upgrading. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's kind of fun now when he, he wants to come and brew with me because he gets to kind of do right. some crazy stuff on my, you know, small three barrel system instead of his 20 barrel, you know, fermenters that right. they, they can't do is they're a little bit more restricted. So. So what was that journey like from, Oh, I'm a home brewer. I want to open a brewery. How did you come to that conclusion? Uh, I mean, as soon as I started brewing, right, then it was like, oh, we need to open up a brewery. And my wife was basically like, hell no, never going to happen. <laughs> not even going to talk about it. And it just, I think I just wore down. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, I think she was pretty much like, you know what, you're, you're in the garage, you're in the basement, there's beer everywhere, right. you're brewing all the time, like, let's just start talking about you know, whether I think I, I did my MBA, I got my MBA and the entire time I was getting my MBA, everything was like opening a brewery, like all the lessons, all the, the different things, the business plan, it was all opening a brewery. So I think that was probably the moment where she was like, okay, like we can do it now or we can wait 10 years, but eventually she's going to open up a brewery. Right. Right. Yeah. So what are you drinking tonight? Uh, tonight I'm, I'm drinking uh, Incident Ray. Uh, by Pathlight. So. Oh, nice, nice. Uh, we, yeah. Apparently, when we do these shows, people are like, "We want to, we need a description of what everybody's drinking." So I have to ask so we can document it. So um, we're gonna go back uh, around through you guys, uh, Courtney. What was what was uh, we debate when craft beer started being calling start started from premium to craft to craft because I remember premium beers back in you know in the eighties. Well, he's old. I mean, well, really, let's just let's just start there. I like to call it season. Thank you very much. <laughs> what do you remember as your first beer? I know you mentioned that one. What was the first thing you remember? Oh, this this is craft beer. Oh, it was probably New Belgium 1554 that. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Did it for me, where I was like, mm, "This is different and delicious," and that was probably the one that I drank the most of early on. And it's funny that you mentioned that now, like I'll check in beers from like back then right. and I'll have given them like, like I remember I checked in this cream ale. I think it was like New Glarus's cream ale, their spotted cow. And I was like, 
there's no cream in this. Like, <laughs> I had no idea what I was talking about or doing. And look at you now. <laughs> hey, Bree, what are you drinking? I'm drinking uh, Drake Equation from Big Rip. Uh, it's a uh, single malt, oats, single hop, uh, pale ale that nice. we released a couple days ago. What, so what, thinking back to your first craft beer, what, what comes to mind? I, I mean, definitely Boulevard somewhere in there. Uh, I remember going on a, some tours really early on and enjoying their dry stout a lot. Um, other than that, I think Moose Drool was yeah. one of the first craft beers I really remember enjoying. Yeah. yeah. Chris, what about you, bud? Your first craft, you think? Oh, I think the first one I remember was probably Sam Adams. Just, I think they're pale. Yeah. Um, but ones that stick out are ones like Moostrel. Um, discovering Mothers. Discovering another brewery Missouri. Like, <laughs> like when that was a thing. Um, man. Yeah, that's good. Where do you guys rank Missouri right now? I mean, I mean, we can talk about numbers, but that's boring. Like, but when you look at when you look at at KC area and you look at Missouri, how do you kind of think Missouri is in that craft brew world compared to the rest of Kansas too? All right, fine, Kansas. Kansas services in Kansas don't don't. <laughs> shit. It's not even really worth mentioning. But KC, like KC area, we we allow that part of Kansas. It's all inclusive. I mean, begrudgingly allow Kansas, right? He's, he's rude. I'm sorry. <laughs> he's here to be rude and drink beer. So I forgot about that. The third part of my yeah. job is to be rude. You want to chime in on that? Yeah, I think uh, we're in an interesting spot just because KC was behind for so long. I think a lot of people are intimidated by having, you know, Boulevard here. Um, I think now we're in a, this awkward spot where people are getting into craft, but they they don't even know what they're drinking is even from KC a lot of the time. Right. Um, there's a lot of people don't realize that Crane is from KC area or that we're as small as that we are. Um, so I think, I think, you know, it's, it's good. People who are getting into craft is exciting, but also just getting into local support in general is, is going to be like the next switch. You still go to so many places that, you know, don't have a, a good lineup of, of everything local that they could. Right. Is it hard to get into places other than the, the standard, I don't want to say standard, but there are, there are craft brew tap rooms, right? Where, where that's where people go. But is it harder to get into the other bars and the other stores? I think luckily people are asking for it. You know, I, I don't know that every place that's just now getting into craft knows what they want, but if people are asking for it, that really helps. I mean, I can remember Nigel. I mean, you know, it wasn't that long ago that there was one bar here that had craft yeah, brew. Yeah. I mean, probably 10 years ago. I mean, and it wasn't even taps. It was bottles down, right. down at Mingle. And that was, you know, that was it. But that was a start. Bree, what's, what's your take on, on our area, craft brew scene? I think, I think Missouri in a whole is pretty up there. Um, I think when people hear Missouri craft beer, they think St. Louis. They think, I don't know, Slack and Side Project and Narrow Gauge. And I think Kansas City's kind of at the bottom of most people's watch list. But I think... They're wrong. I think, I think they're wrong. <laughs> and I think that a lot of the uh, big beer nerds and beer snobs need to branch out a little more and yeah. drink a lot more local stuff because I think they're missing out on yeah. a lot of good shit 
and even in Kansas, like Pathlight's dope, Service is dope. Right. Um, I mean, Free State, no, no brewery in Kansas would be anywhere if it wasn't for Free State. For, uh, for sure. He's going to open a can. Do, do a good job. Good job. Courtney, what's your... Acceptable. <laughs> yeah, that was okay. Oh, as I smacked the mic. Uh, Courtney, what's your take on, on our area and, and the brew scene? Yeah, it, it's... I mean, my perspective, I think, is kind of interesting because when I started looking into opening up a brewery, there really weren't any breweries on the Kansas side in mm -hmm. Kansas City. I mean, you had Red Crow that was kind of out in the middle of nowhere of at that nowhere. point. Yeah. And then you had some Lawrence breweries, um, but there just really wasn't. And there was like this kind of weird fear. Like I remember asking like, why does everybody open on the Missouri side? Like, what's the deal? And I remember like getting a lot of like strange answers like, well, the laws are harder and can't like they were just like really kind of lame excuses as to why no one was opening up a brewery on the Kansas side. So, I mean, I, I started looking into it at that point, just based on the fact that I live in Kansas and I wanted to, you know, open a brewery close to where I lived. Right. And pretty soon, I mean, when I, op I remember when I signed the lease on my building, that's when I realized transport was opening and then red crow was moving and, you know, Sand Hills was opening, like it was like all right around that same time. Right. And so it was really interesting that like, we all kind of were like, okay, let's just do this at the same time. Um, so I definitely think um, Kansas is, is we're working on it. Um, if you think about it, when I opened, Transport had opened, you know, about four months earlier than I did. Sand Hills opened a couple months after I did. Now we've got Pathlight. And then we've got Rock Creek and then uh, Lost Evenings just opened. I mean, all of those have opened, a Red Crow opened um, in Olathe. So all those opened up like in Limitless right around the same time. That's yeah. to go from like zero to, you know, that yeah. many all within like the last year and a half to two years is pretty remarkable. Um, so from my perspective, I feel like Kansas is really like we're stepping it up. <laughs> Um, I think I probably agree with Bree that sort of the the Casey Metro area ranks pretty pretty low compared to St. Louis in in like the the Wales department. <laughs> but I definitely <laughs> yeah. think that we're putting out some good beer. Oh, um, absolutely. I think it makes it tough right now. Like there aren't a lot of people like going out on day trips to explore Kansas City. Um, right. So I I think I'm hopeful that you know that during all of this people are kind discovering. of taking a step back and yeah. yeah discovering i know that our uh new customer percentage is way up during all of this just because i think people are you know they're not traveling to st louis they're not right. you know traveling to all these different places they're kind of looking into what's closer and exploring some of the, the new breweries that they might have missed and i and i think together we can really helped because most of those people would not go to lawrence or even go to kansas you yeah, know, so that, I think a lot of people are like, funny? oh, my God, I, I've discovered these beers. And, you know, I think it was a, a boon for a lot of the locals to really to realize there's that many breweries around here. Because a lot of people didn't know. Well, a lot of people are just pulling up, filling up the trunk. Now, hey, I'm telling <laughs> you, I, I did, literally, there were a couple of, of those events where we had people from Arkansas spend nine hundred dollars on beer. Wow. And they came up from Arkansas. So speaking of beer, it's time for mystery beer. Is time. it mystery beer time? Mystery beer time. We just filled up a glass. That's okay. You know, we'll figure it out. So this is how we do it. This is the golf bag that was stolen from a golf course. Not my own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it works as a good mystery bay bag. So 
the beers will come out on a brown paper bag. There's three beers in here. Nick gets to pick and gets to just, uh, gets to um, judge. So judge. Get, well, I, you know. By judge, you mean drink. Let's see what's in there. What do we got? Oh. Ooh. Diametrics Crimson Bog. Now you have to understand. <laughs> <laughs> I got to put it out here. So I can read Ten it. shows ago. He didn't like sours. <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking right now? You're so, drinking a sour. Yeah. Sour IPA. Yeah. Pomegranate mango from Crane. It's really good. delicious. Have you guys had this one? I have not, but I am all about the, it's, the sour IPA. It's so fire. I'm telling you. I took a taste of that. I was like, Lord Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, we'll crack that open once you're done with that one. Yeah, we'll crack that open next. Maybe you should just chug that one and be done with it. You know? That'll work. Why but Bree's Bree's shaking her head like, yeah, of course. <laughs> Good job. All right, I'm gonna read the label here. Yeah. Crimson bog, cranberry, raspberry, vanilla, and lactose play into this tart, but sweet dessert beer. It's delightful. I, I think you'll like it. Sounds good. Yeah. Do you not have that one either? Mm-mm. Yeah, it's uh, over my open. But- oh my bad. <laughs> yeah. I didn't mean to do that. And sir. you punched the microphone. We're going to have to start putting a jar here for you to put money this in. This is only my 10th show. So it's, you know, I'm, still, I'm still in rookie A ball. You know what I'm saying? You guys got glasses ready? Yeah, we're ready. Uh, Chuck. <laughs> keep the combo going. I am keeping it. I am keeping Shout it going. Shout out to uh, Diametric. That was a good tie-in after Together We Can. Oh, that was. I, I get it. Yeah, that was, that was luck of the draw, though. I will tell, I will tell you, Courtney. Um, Nick is a service fanboy <laughs> he really is <laughs> there has not been a bad one yet there no there's no bad beers over there it's every time i break one open because we I, I, I feel like i have one every time because the last there, time i went you guys are definitely had... bad beers don't worry. <laughs> i got that father father's day six pack that was a great deal six beers for 25 dollars that's a fantastic I, literally, I literally drove over there for that and of course to sit in the tap rooms. It was just me, which was fine. I don't need help. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, of a different kind. Well, you know, that's a different thing. Take a little, take a little taste right, of let's that. Let's, let's see what kind of, uh, what kind of uh, judgment you have of this. Cause you have to understand Nick is more of like a, he likes bourbon and whiskey and rum and rum. So and gin. Him, and yeah, so he like, <laughs> oh, he likes his liquor. So, we're trying to coach him up on, on being a beer guy. And he's doing a good job. We I think. really like that. Mm-hmm. So it is a dessert beer. Like, you wouldn't want a lot of these in a row. Well, in a row. I mean, you could. <laughs> well, I said in a row. Well, there, <laughs> there's that. So let's jump into, uh, you know, last show we had on uh, Marcus Baskerville from Weathered Souls. And he obviously started the Black is Beautiful beer movement, which has gone super crazy. I think he's up to over 900 breweries, 50 states. 14 countries what in the hell i mean what a what that's why i love the beer community because we get behind the things that matter you know what i'm saying and like he said last week what other industry can galvanize and do something like that most other industries there's so much bureaucracy they're like we gotta do this we gotta do that beer community let's make a fucking beer well and and to to take like it's one recipe right and everybody's just gonna play with it yeah Every other part of the corporate world would be, well, we've got to do our own thing with right. our own brand and our own whatever. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I think, I think we're up to 13 breweries in Kansas City that are doing it. 
you guys being three. So Courtney, when you heard about this and what, what was, what was your thought and why did you want to jump on board? Uh, sorry, I got a screaming baby. In That's the okay. It may, <laughs> that makes for a good background. It's fine. <laughs> Net sound. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I like to think that I've been an advocate and an ally of you know, the black, the black lives matter movement for as long as it's been around. I know I, I think I donated that first like weekend when the hashtag came out. And so for me, it was just like everything that I conceptualized in my head of how to be involved in something and also, um, you know, work it into like what I do for a living and, you know, the, the business that I own, it kind of just all went together with how I feel as a person and a business owner. Right. Um, so it was just like a, an opportunity that like, I just couldn't not participate in. Right on. So. What, what, what's, what's been your thoughts as you know, in the last few months of things that's going on, how's it impacted you? And obviously this is a great opportunity to give back. What, what's, what's your, been your thoughts there? Of what's going on in the country right now yeah I, I mean it it it's terribly sad obviously i've i don't know how many hours i've spent behind a keyboard you know destroying some <laughs> some person that i went to high school with or <laughs> my cousin that doesn't get it and posts his police lives matter bullshit all day and all night like it it's everywhere it's super frustrating and it you know at some point you're you're a business owner and so you don't want to go you know crazy right alienate everybody right <laughs> but at the same time it i feel like it's really important to like my family and my children and people like that 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 they see that even though i am a business owner it's important enough to me that i still i have i have i have a line and when that line is crossed i'm going to confront you or i'm going to stand up for you know what i believe in and um i've had friends and 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 people that i went to high school with that I never spoke to in high school that that are black and you know still live in my hometown I've had them reach out to me and say like you know it, it's really cool to see you you know comment on these things and like I'll jump on you know the, the bandwagon and support right. somebody and they probably haven't thought about me for 15 years right and so I've had a lot of people like reach out to me and just say they think it's cool and they think it's nice and all of that is is awesome and it makes you feel good but at the end of the day um it, it that's just words and that's just me behind a keyboard so this beer was a way to actually like physically do something to say like i'm here i, I support you guys i i believe in this um and also you know it's it's a, a good excuse to make a cool beer and be a part of something that you know just is really really beautiful so right I'm curious, Bree and Chris, you guys jump in on, on this too, just what that's like for you to consider though, because there's that balance. I mean, we're all, I mean, Nigel's not a small business owner, but but you work for a city, so you have to think about stuff too. <laughs> he shakes his head no. <laughs> but I mean, you know, what's that like, that balance of trying to figure out, like, I want to make a stand, I want to speak out, I want to support this social thing, but at the same time, I really want to take people's money too. <laughs> I mean, you know, has that how does that balance play into your, your thinking as you look at what you're going to speak out for and how you're going to back these kinds of things? Uh, for, for me, I mean, <clears throat> I sort of, um, I mean, I've always been pretty vocal on social media about, you know, my stance on, on guns, my stance on, you know, same sex marriage, all of those things. And then when I started opening up a brewery, you know, some of those opinions aren't super popular 
And I, I definitely kind of took a step back before we opened just to kind of focus on, on that and not necessarily make my image and my brand all about, you know, advocacy and, you know, the unpopular opinion. So right. I, I kind of definitely did take a step back um, in the early uh, days of the brewery. But, you know, now I, I kind of feel like if, if you come to my business and you don't know that I am gay, I don't, I don't, I, I can't really do anything for you. Like I, <laughs> I, I don't get it. Like we, we have had people come into the brewery with um, make America great again hats. And I cannot for the life of me figure it out. Like how is it possible that you don't know me and you don't know what I believe in at this point in us being open. But at the same time, I recognize that there are still those people that are just like walking down the street and I don't, I'm definitely not going to turn them away because I'm hoping, like, I'm just praying that maybe the exposure of coming in and having a beer that's brewed by a woman who's gay, who supports all these things might make you just think twice. Right. Um, so my initial reaction to things is like, you know, I'm just going to say what I say. I'm just going to feel what I feel and you're going to deal with it or you're not. But my wife always reminds me, like, if you go that hardcore, like, you're not going to change anybody's mind. Yeah. So that's why I try to be a little bit more reserved, but there comes a point when you're a business owner that you just, it doesn't matter. Like you feel so strongly about something that it doesn't matter if it, if it hurts you from a business standpoint. Is that extra pressure for you to, to think you're using your business to, to make change, to make that big social change? Does that, is that added um, pressure as a business owner? I, I almost feel the opposite. Like I, I worry that people think that like I'm just jumping on a bandwagon and not necessarily like doing it for the right reasons. Um, so, you know, I want to make sure that when we do support a cause that we're all in, that we're giving a hundred percent of the proceeds to it, that we're doing everything that we can. And we're not just like jumping in on it, like trying to, trying to make it be a part of something that we actually don't stand behind. So I try to, I think for me, it's not necessarily um, that I feel pressured to advocate for something, but rather that I feel pressured to make sure that I am truly in it and that I am doing what I should be doing to support that cause. So, I, I see Bree nodding her head a lot. Yeah. I kind of want to, I want to hear what she thinks. Yeah. Why do you want to get involved, Bray? And, what, and what's your take yeah, on I, today? I mean, pretty much everything Courtney said, like we have a lot of people that come into the brewery, like, and I know like even one of our former employees and I mean, we're in North Kansas city and we have a lot of conservative folks who are at the brewery where on one hand they, they know I'm gay and they know that we are very supportive of pride month and everything where, but on the other hand, the previous owners weren't as, forward thinking they were more business minded and kind of kept things on a business level versus uh implementing their personal beliefs in Tudorbury um and now like i mean those owners aren't there anymore and you know now that i'm part owner and head brewer like i'm just like hey we're doing this um it's important to me um like I have a rainbow flag hanging up in the brewery every, so everyone comes in, knows exactly what our stance is 
on stuff like that. Um, when we originally posted that we were going to do the Black Lives Matter beer, we had a couple people say shit. Like one person was like, oh, quit virtue signaling. And I'm like, <laughs> the fact that you think this is virtue signaling, but you've never had a problem with our pride posts kind of says something. Right. Um, Just ask him to define that. See if they can... It's like you're against one thing, but not the other then you you might need to take a look at yourself there. Um, I think it's important for businesses. I If I ever see a business, Chick-fil-A, for instance, any other business who their owners take a stand against things that I personally believe in or against freaking human rights of any kind. I mean, Black Lives Matter and Pride Month isn't about politics. It's about being a human. Right. So if any business owner takes a stance against something like that, then I want to know. I want to know who not to go to. Um, and yeah, I, I agree with Courtney. Like, I, for a while, I, when I started brewing at Big Rip, and became a full-time employee there. I kind of dialed it back on social media a little bit. Um, but if, I mean, you know, you're all, most three of you are friends with me on Facebook. You guys know how outspoken I am. Uh, I think Chris- never, I've never yes. noticed it. Never noticed it. <laughs> I, saw, I saw a comment Chris made the other day and he's some, I don't remember exactly what he said, but he's like, I would rather not make money than go against my morals. Yeah. Chris. Well, yeah. Speaking of, you know, we're talking about diversity. Let's get the, the <laughs> let's get the white guys uh, input there. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. So, why did Crane want to jump in? So, uh, so Marcus, um, he had posted on Facebook. We've been connected, just distant beer fam for a while, and brought it up to my team. And luckily, they're on on board. You know, we don't always agree about everything when we're trying to figure out brew schedule and what beers we want to make. But everyone was on board. Um, one thing we decided pretty early on though, was we kind of wanted to take it a step further, um, and wanted to bring somebody else into the collaboration, someone who's part of the community, who's vocal, um, and who's not white because we're, you know, as far as the production side goes, we're all a bunch of white guys, um, and we can make the beer and we can do what we can to raise money and support the cause, but we wanted somebody else to kind of lead the voice. And so we're doing ours with, uh, Kemet Coleman, a local artist, musician. He's awesome. Um, Great guy. I mean, we met him at one of our first events when we were still homebrewing. Um, first year at Trooster Palooza, we, we donated some beer to him. And so we've just always kind of connected. Um, big fan of projects he's done, Brass and Bougie. And so I brought it up to him and, you know, is it it that conversation of, you know, we both like beer. He had, has at one point talked about opening a brewery several times. He understands that he gets beer. Um, but it's also, you know, I want to invite a black friend into this. It's as clear as that. And so he got that and he's like, let me, let me think on it. And he's like, I'm going to come up with a Spotify playlist paired with your beer. So we can, you know, you drink the beer, you listen to this music. And then he immediately messaged me like the next day. He's like, you know what? I shouldn't have said that. Um, I'm going to do a, an EP. I'm going to release a black is beautiful EP to go with it. So wow. he's going to come out his own, his own stuff um, when we release it. But as far as business goes, um, yeah, People have told me multiple times, you just need to keep it to beer, you know, post about your kids. Um, don't, don't talk about anything political. And I have gone through my own ebb and flow to where I was kind of blasting out everything. 
and to to now where I try and be a little bit more conscious. You know, I don't share every meme that I think is funny, but I try and, you know, <laughs> I share links. A lot of times I'll share a news link and I won't even comment on it. I won't preface it with any of my thoughts. I'll just share it and see what people think and what we'll put to it. And it's amazing that even if I don't do that, they automatically, you know, go in anyway, go in anyway. Um, but yeah, I think I mean, I've got three kids and I want them to know, you know, as moving forward that they, they know exactly how I stand on certain issues. Um, they knew exactly what was important. And I love the brewery. I love what we do as a business. Um, you know, I'm not the only owner. I've got partners to consider. But um, yeah, I could, I'd rather, I'd rather, you know, quit this industry and, and walk away if that was the case rather than, um, you know, make it, make it all, all about what, how I'm going to earn my money. Right. I like that you went and you brought, you brought somebody in and, and I'm curious if you're thinking the same as mine. You know, I, I'm lucky enough that I have, you know, I have another podcast that I do. It's a news based thing that I do three times a week and I've got a platform, but, nice, nice plug. but I also get <laughs> as, as the middle-aged white guy, right. Of a certain age. I also, I always feel a little weird. Like, should I be talking about this? Should, who do I need to go get? I mean, my voice is already out there, right. All the time. So, so it's like, who can I get? How can I get more people and the right voices involved? And that's something I always think about and I'm not sure how to do. And then you also have to worry about you being genuine. I mean, you just getting somebody black just because you need to get somebody right. black. Right. Well, so I'll tell you. So that's part of the issue too. So it's kind of a fine line. My background, my background is news, and I have always hated February, Black History Month, because I never want to go do the cliche stories of hey, let's. Especially, I, you know, we're in Lee Summit, right? So there's 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 four people that look like Nigel. Um, right. <laughs> tall. I mean, tall. Right. But. I don't want to go do that cliche story just because, hey, look, it's February. I'm going to go talk to the black people in town. And I don't know how to do that. And I don't know if that's just, you know, liberal white guilt or, or what it is. But it's just, it's something I try to think about and be conscious. I think, uh, yeah, I think that's kind of something that I enjoy. I'm almost another hobby. I enjoy making connect connections and networks. And if, if we're doing something, if, you know, if I'm working on a project or I'm working on some, an event with somebody else, if I know someone who's, that's what they specialize, that's what they do you know, let's get someone new. And, and let's keep it real. Yeah. If, if I don't think it's genuine, I'm not going to fuck with you. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to know, I want to know what, what your intentions are and why you're getting, uh, you know, like diametric what they're doing. Um, there's a, you know, the, the shades of crap beer on Facebook. Yep. Um, Matt came to me and it's like, Hey, I want to, you know, maybe in, actually include some, some people of color to brew the beer. So I got uh, five or six people were, were brewing a beer Friday night, uh, uh, Wednesday night at Diametric, and they're all all about oh they're going to let us brew in their system hell yeah and they're all home brewers so that in itself is you know a, to me it was genuine they came to me and he uh, uh, Sean was very um, respectful and like is this is this a cool way to go and I'm like well let me reach out and see what the folks want to do and everybody's like brew a, a, a that beer on a big scale, hell yeah, let's fucking do it. So, you know, uh, to me, it's all about being genuine. And, Absolutely. you know, and I, I know all you guys, and I know you guys are super genuine, but hopefully that, you know, that's the, that's the, the mindset of everybody that's brewing this beer. And I, th- I think it is. Nobody's just brewing this beer just to be, oh, let's appease the black people or pe- appease this cause. Because ultimately what, what uh, Marcus wants to do, he wants everybody to, pick a charity and, and donate the proceeds to that charity. So that takes some thought. You just don't go pay, <laughs> you know, you just go, Oh, I'm going to donate to, you know, whatever, but you, you know, you got to give it some thought. So exactly. So what are you guys doing with the three of you? What are you guys doing with your, 
with your black is beautiful bruise. Yeah. I know everybody's doing it yeah. a little bit differently. Can you can you divulge it? Is it a yeah, secret? Can, can you, we won't tell anyone. <laughs> Look, there's only, there, there's like three people that listen. It's not a big deal. My wife, his mom. <laughs> his son. <laughs> Can anybody divulge? You don't have to. It's all good. It's all good. I'm, I'm, I never uh, balk at sharing recipes or anything like that. It's, I was a home brewer for so long, and all I wanted was information. So I'm always willing to share. Um, we're not doing anything really out of the ordinary with this particular beer. Um, I kind of adjusted a couple of the ants just to kind of fit our system a little better, but mm. um, I, we are going to add uh, cocoa nibs um, and a little bit of vanilla to this one uh, just because I just a boring Imperial stout just wasn't really in my your, wheelhouse. Your, yeah, your style. Um, <laughs> so I thought let's just hit it with like a ton of cocoa nibs and just right. like really, uh, but then I'm going to take uh, a bunch of it and put it in a barrel. Um, oh, nice. I thought it would be fun to reflect on it in a year or so yeah. and see if there was any progress made where we are, what, you know, maybe, maybe we'll be in the same situation we are right now. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure, but I, I definitely thought it would be kind of a good way to keep it at the forefront. Um, yeah. And especially just for me, like I'll be checking on that beer regularly while it sits in a barrel and I'll remember like, this is still something that, you know, I'm going to do yeah. something with in the future. So, right, right. Um, so yeah, that's our plan. We're going to can it up and put it out there and then we're going to tuck away in a, in a, uh, a smaller format barrel right. um, for, you know, six months, eight months whenever it, it feels like the, the timing is right with it. That's kind of cool. A little time capsule. Yeah. Bree, can you, can, can you divulge anything? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so I made the beer last week and I invited one of my friends, Des, to come brew it with me. Um, she showed up right at grain out. So it was perfect time. <laughs> um, she is, she's a black woman who's a home brewer. Um, she's, come to the brewery uh, at least once before like last year and shadowed me uh brewing she makes good shit uh she was at hip hops last year um but she i think when we release it i'm gonna have like see, she's also a dj so we're gonna have a little party sweet her DJing. but uh so it's in the fermenter now um and i think we're gonna add some. We're looking at maybe some meadow foam honey, oh, adding wow. it, adding to it. Uh, so one of the owners of Big Rip Carl, he also owns Black Labs Mead in Olathe. Oh yeah. So he's kind of got the hookup on some honey. <laughs> so I think I'm gonna add a little bit of that at the end to give it a little, little more flavor, besides just uh, just an imperial stout. Right, Chris. What are you guys doing, or can you divulge it? I can divulge. I mean, we we did decide to brew a boring imperial style, but <laughs> but um, part of it just it's to us it's not boring because we don't brew them very often. Right. Like anyone who knows us, we've got a year-round porter, but we really don't brew that many big stouts, and so we're kind of excited to do it. Um, and to us, it was more about the you know the tertiary the collab and, right. and the cause. Right. Um. So we're excited to get to do that. Um. And yeah, it's it's something that. It's the least, you know, we make beer and I think you've kind of talked about the industry, what other industry, that's something that most of the people who kind of fall into this are, is, we're all about 
enjoying people and sharing and sharing what we do. And we're all bad at saying no. And, <laughs> you know, when, and that, that was a big thing I kind of posted a while back was just, you know, when people ask us what we are, I don't usually say microbrewery. I don't usually say craft brewery. I say we're a community brewery. You know, we're right. trying to make as big of an impact while we are still around. Cool. Well, Nick's that's out. Awesome. Nick's out of beer. So, Mister Beer, Mister Beer bad, number two. Man. All right, what's the back? Hold up. Let's see what Nick pulls out. You going for? Oh, he's going for the big boy. Yeah. This was given to me yesterday. It's five years old. <laughs> Can you read? Dogfish head, Chateau Zhao. I, I guess that's how you pronounce it. Anybody heard of this one? Ale brewed with honey and hawthorn fruit and fermented with grape juice. Ooh. Yeah, and it's five years old. And it's five years old. Chris has a bottle opener. We'll let Chris pour. No, I'm, I, I'm super excited you guys are, are participating. Um, it was interesting talking, talking to Marcus you know, last week. If you guys haven't listened to that one, he's an interesting cat. I met him last August at Fresh Fest and he's a passionate guy and they do crazy stouts and this was an idea that popped in his head at 3am and you know he was originally he was going to do it just as just as a one brew at his brewery and somebody challenged him to say hey make it bigger Jeff at Jester King yeah it was yeah at Jester King and it's it's gone nuts it got a little bit bigger yeah I, I mean who knew there was a beer scene in Rwanda there's a brewery in Rwanda brewing that beer. I mean, <laughs> it's the most ridiculous, you know, and, you know, and he's like, it's, well, it's not about me. I'm like, well, it is about you, but, you know, that was your brainchild. So it's a, it's a, it's a great idea. So, well, that's a little bit of a risk too. I mean, just to put that out there and see who, let's see who jumps on. Well, you it's know, fantastic. Like, like we talked about, you know, the beer community, I mean, it, and we'll, we'll talk about this. And we talked about it last week. It's not the, the beer. It's inclusive, but, you know, part of the way tap rooms look right now is because a lot of people don't know what the hell is in their backyard. And we'll get into that, but we want Nick to. But uh, I think, yeah, we're going to talk about yeah. education, yeah. access. Let, let's, right? see, let's get your taste. Your, 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 what the, oh, he actually smelled it. Let's see, I'm coaching him up well. He actually put his nose in it. I don't know if I know what Hawthorne fruit tastes like. I mean, yeah, I, yeah Hawthorne fruit. Anybody, anybody know what that is, Courtney? You know what? Any, uh, I'm looking three? at I'm, I'm I'm looking at the three smart people that do math and science and beer. They should know everything. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I would have. Is, is that the Hawthorne fruit that I don't know what that flavor is? Is there a, <laughs> was there honey in it? Is that what it says? Yeah, I think they said yeah, honey. honey. It tastes like it's a lot of honey. Like a but there's something kind of. Fruit. Yeah. Okay. And it's five years old, so there's that. Well, it's better than the ten-year-old uh, thing you gave me when we had uh, Jolanda on. Yeah, <laughs> that, did, that did not one, go well. One of my friends owned a, like I said, uh, we were talking about it earlier, she had a little uh, bar down the street and she had the only craft beer. So she had uh, like oh, five that? bottles of Boulevard, uh, the, uh, the, was it the cherry? Mm -hmm. No, well, that, that one was good. Yeah, that one was good. But she also had the silver. Remember the silver anniversary one? It was a big bomber. Yeah, we, we cracked that open. That didn't go so well. <laughs> <laughs> Did not age well. Unlike the, me. The other one aged was, was awesome, I thought. You know, That was fantastic. The cherry stout. The cherry stout was. was fantastic. Yeah, that thing, five years old, it was, it was still ridiculous. So You said, you said uh, 
Courtney earlier that you don't usually do the, the boring Imperial stout. Does it, is it fun to get, take, get projects like this though, that push you a little bit out of your, your normal wheelhouse? Yeah. So I brewed this <laughs> or, one. or is it scary? <laughs> <laughs> so I brewed this one with uh, my, my mentor, Angelo. Um, he actually like, I, I was planning on brewing it and I kind of thought it might be something fun that he would want to get involved in and imperial stout is pretty tough to do um on a 20 barrel system or you know like that that size it, it's a pretty big investment um so i reached out to him and was just like hey do you want to do you want to do this and he was like yeah yeah he calls me homie all the time so he's like yeah <laughs> homie i'll do it um and so i'm like well look at the recipe and let me know what you think and he actually sent me back his version of it and said like we're going to add lactose because I know you. We're going to drop the IBUs because I know you. Um, <laughs> so it, it's kind of his take on what he thought I would do with it, um, which is kind of fun. Um, so we definitely added lactose. We definitely dropped the IBUs quite a bit. Um, I think that's what we ought to do at Christmas time is get all of the Kansas City microbrews. They draw, draw a different brew out of the hat, and you got to make what you think they would do. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah and, and i think he added an extra bag or two of base malt to bump the abv up because mm. he's like oh you're gonna want it to finish sweet yeah. so it, it was it was kind of fun just to see his uh interpretation of what i would do and he was pretty much spot on so we <laughs> we, we brewed it um my systems is a three barrel uh system but i i can do seven um between the two kettles if i really push it mm. um so we basically did a, a, a barrel and a half in each kettle um, and his assistant brewer came and did most of the cleaning and the, the grain <laughs> out, which was awesome. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, it was just like a fun, a fun day of like some friends getting together and, and brewing a beer that, that we all thought was important. And um, I'm, I'm pretty excited to, to see where it, where it ends up. Courtney, don't you have a new assistant? I do. I, I, I do have I a timber. Yeah. yeah. Who's that? She's, uh, uh, her name's Jennifer. Um, she, I think we're on week three. Um, so having like an assistant brewer is kind of new for me. Having somebody <laughs> you got, that, that you does, gotta let, let go of some of the controls. <laughs> well, I mean, there are certain things I would love to let go of cleaning fermenters. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> um, but, and she was there that day. Um, she's not, we haven't started brewing yet. Um, I kind of, with us, it just being us two there, there's a lot of, you know, kegging, cleaning. Right. I, I have eight fermenters and I turn over three of those a week. So three wow. a week are getting yeah. cleaned yeah. and then I'm brewing and putting back into those. Right. So those are kind of the, the big things that I, I wanted her to focus on, but I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what her ideas are and what we should brew because eventually I'm going to run out of ideas. <laughs> are you? <laughs> are you really? <laughs> hey, Bree, um, what was it? What was the thoughts when you guys came up with the recipe of what you wanted to do? Was there some sort of meeting or what, what, what was that? How, what was that like? Uh, no, it's just all me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like it. In the brewery. Um, no, I just, I, kind of just changed a couple of the grains to kind of match with what I use. Like I don't use black patent. I don't like it. Mm -hmm. um, I started using a new grain called black Prince from Brius. Uh, it's really, really solid. No, not bitter at all. Black malt, 
Like, mm-hmm. um, and I think I, I increased the chocolate malt quite a bit on it. And I also used, um, a, a heavy hand of, so it called for flaked oats. So I used right. a little flaked oats, but I used a lot of this. Brius also has a roast oat. Um, it tastes like the clumps in honey bunches of oats. Oh. And it's awesome. I that love that, that grain. So I used a shit ton of that in it as well. Chris, did they let you have any hey, input? Can you define shit ton? Uh, uh, 50 11. Thank you. Shit ton. 50 11. That's, if you haven't seen the shirt, that's, yeah. we have one shirt. And that's because his son asked, uh, define shit ton, 50 11. So there you go. Yeah, we, we stayed pretty true. Just a matter of working with our supplier and, you know, matching up what we, we could get. So Eric lets um, you participate. On occasion. <laughs> on occasion. But usually he has it all taken care of. Um, we've got a good relationship that, that usually we've got a good, you know, just a matter of trust on how we want to brew the beer right. and how we want to share the beer. Um, so it's a good, good team. Right. What's turnaround time for, for, for you guys when you, when you brew day to release? Um, we're hoping to brew ours like the week after next late next week. So three weeks. Bree, what about you? Um, probably about three weeks. We brewed it last Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday. I don't remember. Um, and then it's getting close to being done fermenting now, but I'm going to add some more sugars to it to give it another kick. Um, so we we brewed it a week and a half ago. Um, it's basically done uh, with primary, and I'm probably just gonna let it sit um, until I feel like it's ready to go in a part of it to go into the barrel. Mm. Um, so probably three to four weeks. So from now, that's two and a half to to three weeks from now. Right. Cool. Cool. So uh, moving on, we always talk about this when, uh, on beers with Nigel. We always talk about tap rooms and breweries and diversity. I always try to get people's takes. Um, as we all know, most of the tap rooms, well, all of the tap rooms, it's mostly Caucasian. Um, I think we, we get a good representation of women in Kansas City, which I love, because a lot of people I talk to in different states are like, we don't have women. I'm like, you need to come to Kansas City. I know, I'm, <laughs> you know, half of my beer drinking friends are women, so, which I love. But, you know, one of my things is, um, as we go forward, obviously we know there's a lack of diversity in, in tap rooms. 2020 for me, before the COVID started, my goal was to really delve into, you know, shout out to Alana for putting together, um, you know, I am craft beer. And that really brought some people together that I thought was, you know, and again, it's the beer community. I'm not surprised that people are going to jump on board and, you know, uh, understand, you know, we need to diversify, you know, because obviously on one level, just to expose people to people of color to what, what we do and we love is good for your bottom line, but it's also good for people too, because beer brings people together. So what are your thoughts on um, reaching out thoughts on how Kansas city as a whole can make our, our tap rooms a little more diverse? Um, first I do want to give a shout out to Alana for that event. Um, one of the, key you know guest that she had was christina sanchez mm-hmm. and pretty much that night i messaged my partners michael and jason said we're gonna hire her and so i think i had offered her a job like within that next week and she's <laughs> our general manager now 
Um, so that, that was really great event, really good discussion. Um, and just got was fortunate enough to find someone who was just a, a big missing part in our team. Um, but yeah, I think it goes back to what you said about being genuine. Like, I don't know how, um, other than, you know, working with friends and working with their friends and, you know, slowly trying to build that community to, to bring in more people who, like you said, just maybe they don't know mm-hmm. what, what a brewery taproom is. Um, you know, same with goes to events like, you know, we don't have nano brew, but some other hip hop. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great way to kind of bring in new people. Um, just, but always, always having, you know, people in your, your space that are welcoming and inviting and just want to share what we do. So whether that's, um, you know, bartenders, the first face that come into a tap room, you know, making sure that there's, there's someone who, who's always wanting to, uh, to give somebody a good time. You know, and that was one of the things I'd never really given any thought about. We had a whole conversation about <laughs> how many bartenders are, are of color are there in, in Kansas city? Well, I work at now I work at three breweries cause I'm starting to do some, some filling at grains and tabs. I'm like, well, there's me. And then I forgot, I forgot Narrator works at, um, at, uh, what's the brewery torn label, mm-hmm. Narrator Jones. So I, I'm like, I'm like, is it just she and I, I'm like, <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of, it, it's kind of, you know, I don't, I, I don't, you know, maybe my, my, my whole thing is, I guess people just don't know about craft beer in, in, in the communities of color or, or you know, Latino or whatever. So Brie, well, Brie, what do you, what do you think? What's, what's your take on how we can make it, whether it be in, in, at the brew house level or at, or at the tap room level, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, I think it goes, I mean, you've got to do it on all levels to do it on any level. Um, so like you said, Narita, uh, my uh, friend of mine, Des, yeah. um, she, so I, I be, I make it a point to ask her first. Like if I need a DJ, I'm going to go to her first. I didn't um, know her name. Her nickname was Des, by the way. Yeah. Her nickname's Des. Yeah. Not, not, so when I see her, cause she's coming <laughs> Wednesday. To oh, cool. Yeah. She told so me. I'll be like, what up Des? <laughs> yeah. Do it. Um, She's, she also did some work for, uh, cause we're working on maybe some rebranding and she's got her degree in marketing and graphic design. So she's, I went to her and, and she's working on that for us. Um, Sweet. big thing as an owner or a GM or someone who's running the show, like make it a point to reach out to black people and people of color and gay people with talent. So instead of just the usual, like, oh, this is a popular company, so I'm going to go with them, like, make it a point to think about who you're hiring to do work for you and who you're paying, whether it's bands, whether it's labels, artwork, musicians, employees, anything, like, actually think about what you're doing. Courtney? Yeah, Courtney, because you, you are the female brewers of Kansas City. That's a small there's, club. There's one, there's one other. <laughs> oh, there's one other? There's yep. a third? Okay, I was wrong. <laughs> but you just hired an assistant brewer, that, a, a female assistant brewer. Was that, it, did you purposefully, was that with purpose you went out and looked for that? or? Uh, no, I mean, we did interviews um, <clears throat> with men and women. Um, no one that I know of applied who was um a person of color um unfortunately but 
that wasn't, um, I wasn't like seeking, you know, a, a woman to, to fill that void. Obviously I, I want to prop up other women who want to be in this industry. Um, the same goes for, you know, a person of color. Like I, I definitely want to help in any way I can. Um, I don't think that there is as much interest in um, the craft beer world from women or from people of color yet. I think it will come. Um, Nigel mentioned that, you know, in Kansas City, we've got a lot of women. Um, and I, I think that's true. And I think that helps. Like as soon as you have like a woman brewer, more women are like, oh, I, you know, I want right. to drink beer. And, and I, I think that we're just sort of not quite there yet. We don't that like person of color who's like outspoken and maybe it's you, Nigel. Um, but I, I think people, <laughs> I think people see themselves and then, you know, they, they sort of do other things that they might have, you know, wanted to do, but they were afraid to do, or they were, um, you know, just hesitant to do. Um, I definitely love, you know, our customers. I feel like I, I tell all of my bartenders, like, it doesn't matter who walks in. If they have a Trump hat, I don't care. Like, let's just be nice to them. Let's, you know, make their experience a positive one because I really feel like when they leave, I want them to walk away thinking like, man, that was owned by, you know, a gay woman and yeah. it was all right. Not right. It was owned right. by a gay woman and she kicked me out. Like, right. yeah. That's a- <laughs> It's like so the old I Patrick Swayze like, routine there, be nice. <laughs> right. That's rule, that's, that's rule number yeah, two in life. I feel like the, that's the best thing that, that we can do. You know, Bree said, you know, look for diversity and, and hire for diversity. But if you don't have diversity applying or diversity walking in your doors, then I think the best thing you can do is just be vocal about your support and also just make sure that when someone does walk in who doesn't look like you, you are prepared to treat them you know, the way that right. they should be treated. Right. Just with, with straight up respect. And I, and I've talked to all you guys about this. You know, my whole thing is, is like, you know, education because, and I had, to, I had a great conversation with Nick Mater, you know, cause where that brewery is and where Boulevard is, frankly, I mean, that's a Latino community. Right. And I asked Nick, I was like, how many Latinos do you have come in here? He's like, not very many in, you know, and, and craft beer is a, you know, a weird animal. Cause it's not like we advertise. Right. Um, Boulevard advertises crane. There's no crane commercials. There's, there's no big rip commercials, no service commercials. So it's kind of word of mouth. So unless, but if they, they want them, we'll take their money. <laughs> if you need a commercial, we do that too. No. <laughs> so it's an interesting animal, you know, and, and unless I tell Chris or, or you or Courtney or, or Bree, Hey, you know, there's this, there's this brewery down, you know, it's, it's a weird business that, you know, we just, it's not like we're out there and you guys are small businesses. It's not like you can go do outreach or whatever. So once the COVID is over, my goal is to really reach out to some of my friends who do, you know, events in whatever community and say, Hey, these are the beers that, that are around you. Cause a lot of people, there's a lot of craft beer people who still don't know I'm a mater is a thing or service is a thing or big rip or even crane. It's, it's weird. You know, that's why, you know, Together We Can was so crazy because so many people are like, where's this brewery? <laughs> this is in Kansas City. Where do you live here? The hell? <laughs> well, I'm curious, like the, the role. So there's, you know, there's Nigel. There's Alana. Chicago has has Chilanda, Afrobeer Afro Chick. Yeah. You know, how much do you guys kind of 
how big a role do those craft beer ambassadors, you know, play? Because you don't have giant marketing budgets. You don't have ad, you know, ad agencies working for you. Huge, huge. Yeah, I tell people, you know, whenever like night you guys reaching out to, to invite us on this whenever we've been lucky enough to have a you know a news person show up i thank them because yeah we're small business we're you, not you've we been on news a lot buddy come on we man. don't have advertising <laughs> we don't have billboards we don't have any of that yeah it's definitely that's that's how we get our, our word out and courtney just got a big news piece a few months ago yeah courtney's famous <laughs> oh man yeah i i agree it it's it's awesome whenever somebody wants to to feature you or whatever but i feel like you know especially now when we get that opportunity to be in the newspaper or to be on tv that we really use that time to to advocate for the things that we believe in and i don't know that i've always done a great job of that and so that's something that i definitely know you know now rather than thinking like oh this is a great opportunity for us to reach out to all these other people you know that don't know that we exist i feel like it, a better a better purpose is to use that time to say like, we do this, this, and this, because we believe in this, this, and this. So I, I definitely think that there's some opportunity there when we do get the chance to be on some sort of, you know, publication or, or TV or whatever. Bree? Yeah, I think, I mean, the media does a lot for us. I mean, um, I think, I don't remember the guy's name that did the uh, Friday night flight. Brad Brad Stevens. Yeah, Brad Stevens. Yeah. I mean, he was awesome. Like, he was so excited. um, (laughs) Free beer. (laughs) It It was so cool to see, like, a a local star come out and and talk about our beer and want to do, like, a whole couple-minute segment on us and – and it's nice to have, it's, I mean, the KC beer scene, I know it's not like the same everywhere, but the KC beer scene, like we all talk each other up and it's, right. I think but, that's a big help too. Yeah. I, I love um, when we, we, we talk to people from different parts of the country or different places and I'm like, Hey, Kansas City got three female brewers. I'm, I'm super proud of that fact. And I tout that, you know, I'm like, Hey, cause most cities don't have that. It's, you know, it's kind of unusual and, you know, I, we've cornered the market, so let's keep that shit up. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, on a, on a lighter note, um, just talking, I'll start with you, Chris. You like, a, you obviously like beer. Do you have a particular beer. style that you, that you kind of gravitate to? Ooh. Um, I don't know. I mean, I like, I like something that plays with hops because there's so many options there. Um, something that lets me really pull a, a certain hop out. Um, also, I still joke because I, I work and I don't sleep and I don't eat that lower ABV beers are great. Alcohol gets <laughs> in the way of beer drinking sometimes. Um, so something something sessionable, something crusher, something that, um, you know, is not, there's not a lot masked. Sessions are coming back, I feel like, you know. Courtney, what about you? What's, what's you know, if you're sit, sitting at home and, you know, you're like, I'm going to drink whatever. What's, what's kind of your go-to? Um, everyone thinks I love sours because that's literally you know, <laughs> 90% of our lineup, but I actually don't like sours at all. Oh, I know. I hear this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, See, so it's okay it, to say that, Nigel. <laughs> you shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my wife loves them, but they're just, 
they're just not my thing. Um, so I, I gravitate toward hops. So I, I really dig, you know, an IPA, a double IPA. Um, in the summer, I'm getting, getting on board with the pale ales and, uh, some sort of easy drinkers. Um, right. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what, what I'm looking for. What about you, Brie? <clears throat> well, uh, for the past several months, I've been all about lagers. Um, yeah. Simple, clean, kind of malty, maybe kind of hoppy sometimes, mostly lagers. Um, and yeah, sessions, pale ales. Yeah. I feel like lagers are not, are not getting yeah. the love they should. Because um, is, is, isn't that one of the hardest things to brew? Because you can't hide anything? Isn't that the yeah. case? That, it's, it's tough to explain to people. Um, almost done a really great job. But it's tough to explain to people that something that has you know much fewer ingredients, there's no necessarily adjuncts added, but the time it takes and, and the work involved that, you know, that it, it should reach a, you know, a, a decent price point. You know, everyone thinks that's a cheap beer. Right. Um, and so that's, that's kind of tough to convey sometimes. Cool. Hey, before we wrap this up, we got one more beer for Nick. We do? Yeah. Woo! Get, get in Exciting. The back. One more beer. Oh, yeah. What's up, buddy? Hey! <laughs> <laughs> we got our first extra guest. <laughs> An unannounced guest. He's like, <laughs> look at that. Let me see that yeah. camera. You're in there. Oh. Snuggle time. What you got in there, buddy? What we got? Oh, he's going to get excited about this. Hold that up. Can she have the camera so far away? Yeah. We have the service peach milkshake secrets. I'm excited about this. I know you are. I'm excited. I'm telling you, Courtney, he's a fanboy. She's, she's never let me down. I'm going to, I'm going (laughs) to drag him over there one of these days. He's afraid to go to Kansas. That's true. (laughs) I'll go there before I go to St. Louis though. Let's just say that. That, that, (laughs) Yeah. Don't get him started on St. Louis. He's out. Nobody likes St. Louis. Come on. (laughs) It's true. St. Louis and pickles. That's his, uh, he just, he hates both of those. (laughs) That's a tough can to pour from. So Courtney, um, tell people where your brew is located, um, website, Facebook, where we can find you. Oh man, you can already smell it. That's fantastic. Yeah. So we uh, were in Shawnee, Kansas, uh, Service Brewing Co. Um, on Facebook, or I think we're on Instagram. I think we're on Twitter. We're on everything. Yeah, you, you think um, you? Yeah, you're on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about so, you, Bree? Give us uh, where, where can people find you? Yeah, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Big Rip Brewing. Um, website is a piece of shit but it's big <laughs> don't go there <laughs> it sucks but whatever you can find our menu there you need somebody to work on your website i well, know a guy maybe yeah i know a guy <laughs> no a guy sucks probably we can make it unsuck how about that yeah <laughs> chris where's crane on the interwebs no on uh social and we do we are also in the midst of updating our website because it it's it's old there's old stuff on there. Look, if a website is more than a year old anymore, it's old. It's, it's yeah. old. You have to update all the yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, that's a thing. That's a super thing. So, uh, so, so where, where, where is Crane in Raytona Beach? Um, say right off downtown, like 65th and Railroad Street. We're about to be uh, the Rock Island Corridor, the new bike trail. Yep. goes right through our parking lot. That's so, awesome. Um, it's exciting that they kind of started that during the whole shutdown process. They're supposed to be done by October. But uh, – yeah, closest closest brewery to the stadium. 
<laughs> well, nice, know, nice, nice plug there. Nice, nice plug, plug for for when for when fans are allowed to go back to the stadium. Exactly, if ever. So, so Nick, what's what, what's your? Have you tasted it yet? He like he liked I, how it smelled. So there's that's that's I, a good start. I, I love Courtney. <laughs> I love Courtney. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> that's awesome. Hey, I, we appreciate you guys coming on. Um, it's been a great conversation. I can't wait to try the beers. I told Marcus I would round up all the uh, Black is Beautiful beers around Kansas City and we'll load them up. Because uh, I'm thinking I'm, I'm, my dad lives in San Antonio, so I'm going in August. Because uh, maybe some of you, some of you know, uh, my grandfather, my, my grandbaby lives in Austin. So I'm going to make a trip, go see my mother in Dallas, go to Austin, see my son and the baby, and go see my father in San Antonio and pick up beer all along the way. So whether they're open or not, I'm going to get some to goes. but thank you guys for coming on um i'm sure we'll see you soon in your tap room i know courtney you're very rarely in the tap room but i know you're in the back i'm (laughs) we we can yell loud i will i'm like is courtney back there yeah she's working that's what they always tell me there's time time, they won't won't let me talk to you so there's that well nobody nobody really wants to talk to you so again uh that's nick parker i'm nigel thank you chris Thank you, Bree. Thank you, Courtney. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Beers with Nigel. We'll see you guys next time. Peace out. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Yep. Thanks, guys. You have been listening to Beers with Nigel, a show about beer and other stuff, hosted by Nigel Woodbury and that other guy, Nick Parker. Beers with Nigel is a proud member of the Fredcast Network, and it's available on your favorite podcast apps. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Beers with Nigel.